morning, let's all stand together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing at the cross. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die? Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Was it for crimes that I have done? He groaned upon the tree. Amazing pity, grace unknown, and love at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy all the day. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to in the Lord's house this morning as I look out I'm looking to see how many how many cheery smiley faces we have this morning and how many need to get cheery and smiley amen uh, winter in Vermont is one of those things that kind of drags on you know and if we're not careful we'll let it drag us down but it is so good to come and be in the Lord's house and lift up our voices and sing worship him see people People who think like us and believe like us on a general whole. It's good to have you in God's house this morning. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we come before you as brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, we gather together, worshiping you, fellowshipping one with another, lifting up our hearts and souls. For Lord, you are worthy of all our praise. Thank you for those who have made it a priority to be here this morning. I pray for those who are at home and they're sick. They couldn't be here, but they desire to be here. 
And Lord, I pray for revival in our, our church, our community, our nation. Even as we saw in the book of Nehemiah, such a desperate need for people to turn back to you. This morning, I lift up our country, our people, our community. Stir their hearts that they too may seek to find you, to know you, to receive you. We thank you in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated.
will be praised. With angels and saints we sing worthy are you, Lord. And it's why I sing your praise will never be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Would you please stand and together we're going to lift up our voices as we sing, Rejoice in the Lord now and always, and then He will hold me fast. Rejoice in the Lord now and always, sing it again, we rejoice. Delight in the love He has shown us, gratefully lift up your voice. His gentleness among us will join our hearts with praise. We gather in His goodness, a family of grace. With each breath He's given, praise the Lord. In these times we live in, we will praise the Lord. for nothing pray for all that you need come with a song of thanksgiving lay your request at his feet his peace will fall upon us to guard our hearts and minds in Christ who reigns eternal the shepherd of our lives with each breath
blessing to have these folks minister to us in music, isn't it? Um, Hillary grew up up in the North Adams area, uh, St. Albans area, not or North Adams. That's, that was last Sunday, North Adams, St. Albans. Um, and she uh, grew up in Northside Baptist Church up there, grew up going to camp. Uh, remember her coming as just a little girl and all the way up through her teen years. And then after she got out of high school and started working, she moved down here to be a part of Victory Baptist Church and the ministries here. Amen. And she has faithfully served, now married, two kids, still serving the Lord. And that is a blessing. Amen. Amen. I'd like you to take your Bibles, if you would, please, and turn with me to Romans chapter 12. 
I'm going to read to you verses 4 on down to verse 13. Title of our message this morning is Taking Care of Business. Taking Care of Business. And you might say to yourself, well, Pastor, I don't know, does the, does the Bible deal with business? Like a business meeting? Like business business? And actually, yeah, the Bible deals with business. In fact, when you start off, this, uh, the, the real part of my text is out of verses 11, 12, and 13. The very first phrase in verse 11 is, not slothful in business. Wow, sounds like every foreman I ever worked for and through all the years of working in machine shops. But I'm going to read to you verses 4 all the way down through 13 of Romans chapter 12. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. He's talking about the church. He's saying, as we have all these different people, but all these people don't do the same thing. So we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. Or he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation or hypocrisy. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. He's talking to you and I as a church. And he comes into verse 11, he says, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. Let's ask God's blessing on his word. Father in heaven, I pray that you be with us as we look into these scriptures. I pray that it would be you that stirs our hearts. Help us as a church to be committed, to be busy about your business. Not slothful, but having the, the right kind of energy, the right kind of attitude, having the right vision that we might do your work according to your will. We thank you, Lord, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. As we look in these scriptures, we find the apostle writing to the church in Rome under the inspiration of God, and God is stirring him to address the business of the church. What the church is made up of is many different people with different personalities, different Holy Spirit-given gifts, going about the work of the church as it ministers to people throughout their congregation as well as their community in the environment and society they lived in at that time. We sometimes forget that they lived in a tough time, a tough environment. If we're not careful, we begin to think, oh, we live in the worst time. Look at how wicked and evil it is. Listen, the world has seen some evil and wicked times. And the Roman Empire was a time of evil and wicked morality, government corruption, society was a mess. And that's actually the time when the church was born. And so God called out his people and he called them unto assemblies. 
And he said, come and let's get about the business of spreading the gospel and seeing people come to faith and hope. And the apostle Paul was accused of turning the world upside down. They, they made an impact. And it only started with 12 folks and the Lord, most importantly. But that's a hard thing to imagine, isn't it? That's because God is a mighty God and he can do great and wondrous things. As we come down to this text, he really wants the folks there to understand they need to take care of business. And it starts out with him talking about having the right kind of energy to do service for the Lord. Look with me again at verse 11. He says, not slothful in, in business, but fervent in spirit. And that's really where the church begins. It begins with the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and our lives. It's the Spirit who wooed us unto salvation. It's the Spirit that guides and directs us as we minister and touch hearts and lives of people. We want to be a church that is overseen, blessed by, and empowered by the Spirit of God. So he says to you and I, the right energy is that Holy Spirit energy, fervent in spirit. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. In every word and every deed, he says, Tonight, when we have our business meeting at 5.30 and we go back over the last year's expenses and how we invested in ministry and from Virgins to around the world, I, my heart, my desire is that we as a church, in every word and every deed, we endeavor to truly honor God and be led by the Holy Spirit. It's interesting when we look at Colossians 3.17, the last part of the verse says, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. We should, we should be thankful that God has given us a Bible-believing church in our community. We have people who drive all the way from the other side of the Green Mountains to come to church. Because they're looking for a church that simply opens the Bible and preaches the word of God year around. Not just on a special day, but year around. Opening the Bible and searching and seeking. Thus saith the Lord. So when we look at this, we are reminded that yes, while we diligently serve the Lord with the right energy and the spirit of God in every word and deed, we have to step back and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for a young lady who moved here to be a part of a church and singing and ministering to us today with two babies at home and lots going on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the folks who are right now down in our junior church and primary church ministering to boys and girls. Thank you, Lord, for the folks that are down in the nursery and cleaning up stuff that nobody really wants to clean up but needs to be cleaned up, taking care of little babies. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that this week we had ladies come and they volunteered and uh, guys too. And they vacuumed and dusted and cleaned our church building so that when we got here, isn't it great to see it so sharp and shiny and clean? It's a blessing. We have to take time to just say thank you, Lord. In the spirit of God, Lord, we are, are thankful to, for the way that you provide 
It's interesting that he, in that verse, he starts off by saying to us, not slothful. Verse 11, not slothful in business. That's part of having the right spirit. It is the spirit of God that guides us, directs us, empowers us. But we have to have an attitude of not slothfulness. I, uh, I started working in machine shops when I was 16 years old and worked in shops full-time or part-time all the way till I was 32. Did it to pay my way through college, did it in years of early ministry. Uh, one thing I know is there are guys who show up to work, ready to go, and then there's other guys who show up slothful. And I'm sure you've encountered them too. I worked for a large machine shop called Warner and Swayze just outside of Worcester. Uh, while I was the music, uh, I was the youth pastor there at a church just outside of Worcester for a while. And Warner and Swayze, huge plant. And there were guys who figured it out, man, how to go and hide. They could hide. A big plant. Nobody could find them. Foreman couldn't find them. They were slothful. And if we're not careful, we can be slothful too. And God says, don't be slothful in the business of the Lord. You and I, we have to be diligent. It's an attitude, isn't it? To go ahead and each day say, Lord, thank you for the way you bless. Help us to be diligent about taking care of whatever it is you have for us. Ministering to my neighbor, helping somebody that needs a meal, sharing my faith with somebody who needs to hear, ministering to children and senior citizens, doing what I can, Lord, as you enable me. Help me to not be slothful. We have to be careful. We have to have the right energy. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 8 says, Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. He's saying, you know what? The Lord blesses those who serve him faithfully. And it doesn't matter whether, whether it be a bondman, which was a slave, or a freeman that was free. It doesn't matter their status their ethnicity, their financial position. God blesses those who serve him without slothfulness. You and I each, as part of Victory Baptist Church, as we look this year back over year 2023, as we go into our business meeting tonight, we want to understand that our church has a desire to have the right energy, the energy of the Holy Spirit and not being slothful but busy about the master's business. We also need to have the right attitude. Look with me back at our text as we come into verse 11 again. It says, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. That word fervent, it also touches upon having that right attitude of looking at what, we, what we're doing and doing it with fervency, giving into it that, that zeal, that energy, that spiritual desire to make a difference. I love to look at the people in our church who minister to small children. You know, if, if you go to the ARC preschool kindergarten Monday through Friday and you have uh, Rachel and Jesse down there working with the boys and girls, and you see that they put energy into it. They care. They help those boys and girls learn everything from their letters 
to the fact that God loves them, they invest into those children. And if you were to go down right now into junior church and primary church, you'd find people who are, are zealous, they're fervent in letting God use them to minister to your children. When you look at verse 12, look at what he starts out by saying, rejoicing in hope. Rejoicing in hope. Hope is a powerful word. word. It drives people. People have to have hope. It's part of what makes us look to tomorrow and next week and next year and next decade. Understanding that there is hope on the horizon. When people lose hope, they lose traction. You have to hang on to hope. And he tells us here, he says, as we serve the Lord, as a church and as an individual... We have to hang on to that hope, that hope that God is there and God is working and God is moving. We've seen the Lord do great and miraculous things through the years, and he has much in store ahead if we will continue to take care of his business. Rejoicing in hope, he says to us. When you look down at the second part of verse 12, he says, patient in tribulation. Not only rejoicing in hope, but patiently going through the tough times. We've all been there. There are times of our in our lives that are not easy. They're tough. I was just uh, talking to our secretary this morning. She was talking to me about she's, she's getting ready to go to the doctors this week just sinus problems up above that she's had for a long, long time. It turns out that maybe it's tonsils or adenoids, but she had those taken out when she was a kid. But still, it's just making her feel horribly bad every day. Now, she could call in every day. She could call in the office and say, oh, I'm not feeling good, Pastor. I'm not coming. She could have called this morning and said, Pastor, I'm not feeling very good. I'm not coming in. But you know what? In the tribulation of not feeling good. And I'm praying that her appointment Tuesday with the doctor is going to help her resolve this. But even in the midst of that tribulation, she just patiently serves the Lord. And that's really what we all must do. Every day can't be a party. If every day was a party before long, we wouldn't even know what a party is. We'd think that's just life. Sometimes we all go through trials. We go through tribulations as churches, as individuals, as communities. We face times of tribulation. Here he tells us, have the right attitude. Not only fervent in spirit, not only rejoicing in hope, but yes, patient in tribulation. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of James chapter 5. James chapter 5, I'm going to read to you verses 7 and 8. He says, be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he shall receive the early and latter rain. Be also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. 
I love the fact that he starts out by saying, listen, we need to be patient, therefore, brethren, even unto the coming of the Lord. Well, how long should I be patient? All the way until Jesus comes back. Well, is he coming tomorrow? Maybe. Is he coming next week? Maybe. Is he coming next year? Maybe. But today we must be patient. Day by day waiting on him. Day by day taking care of the master's business. Day by day being the salt of the earth, the light in our community, representing the Lord Jesus Christ. We must be patient. Yes, during the good times. Always in the spirit of God. But also during those tribulations, those difficult times. That's not an easy thing. Sometimes we always want it easy, don't we? But he says it's not always easy. Tribulations do come. But we must continue to be patient in the Lord all the way until his coming. When we go to, back to Romans chapter 12 and we continue down in our text here, the third thing I want you to see is that we need to have the right vision. Not only the right energy and the right attitude, but the right vision. When you look with me down in verse 12 again, here he says to us, Rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Continuing instant in prayer. Prayer is part of having the vision of knowing God is at work and asking him to continue to be at work. You and I have to have that vision to come before the Lord in prayer and pray for the healing of our, our relative, our church member, our, our neighbor, the people that we care about. We pray with a vision to see God touch. We do the same thing when we witness. We share our faith with somebody with a vision to see God's spirit move and stir and woo people to faith. We have to have that vision to look and see that God is at work. It's interesting when we look at this, look again with me where he says to us to be in prayer, seeking. As we look, we seek. God, be at work. Give us the directives we need. We need your blessings. We need your wisdom. We need your enabling. Whatever it is that you do, you need the Lord. Maybe, maybe you work in the school system right now. There's lots of controversy. Uh, we're getting ready to go to our town meetings, aren't we? And we're going to vote. And people are talking, aren't they? You know, wow, look at this and look at that and what's happening here. And you may be right in the midst of that. You might work for the school system. And you know what? You need to be in prayer. God, give me, give me the understanding, the wisdom, the presence. To be a voice at the time that I need to be. To, to have influence where I can be. And you and I, as our society, as our culture, as church members. I was just talking to Vicki this morning. She had raised her hand in our Bible study. And she said, Pastor, pray for, there's a group of us ladies and moms in the community that are trying to have an influence on 
things that are going on in our school. They're, they're wanting to convert bathrooms in Virgin's High School into common bathrooms so boys and girls go to the same restroom. And she said, Pastor, pray for these things. Well, see, she has to seek the Holy Spirit. She's got to seek God, her and her friends, and say, help us to be the right voice at the right time, at the right place. That's having vision of understanding the Lord can use me. The Lord can use, use me in the midst of the system. The Lord can use me as a patron of the system, a, a part of society where my kids go. God can use me as a church around the system. God can use us, but we have to have a vision. Every one of us. We have to say, God can use me. My, still, my, my little presence in my community makes a difference. But it takes us all. It takes us all. People who are in the midst of it, people around it, it takes us all. So as we look here, he challenges us. He says, cast a vision in prayer, seeking God's directives, blessings, wisdom, guidance, all of that. It's interesting when you look at 1 Thessalonians 5.17 where the Bible simply says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. God knows that we need that vision to look and see and understand that he has to be at work all the time. He is the creator that brought all that is here into existence. He's the one who holds it together. We need to be in prayer all the time asking him to guide and direct and being about his business as we do our part in taking care of the business he's had us be stewards over as his church. Luke chapter 18 verse 1 in your New Testament, it says men ought always to pray and to faint not. That's called the importunity of prayer. Importunity of prayer simply means prayer that is consistent and pressing. You don't stop. You keep bringing it before God. If, if your daughter was getting ready to have a baby and there were complications, you wouldn't pray about it one time and walk away. There would be importunity of prayer. You'd be saying, Lord, please watch over my daughter. Please watch over my grandchild who's going to be born. Please watch over the surgeons, the doctors, the nurses, the anesthesiologists. Lord, please be in this situation. We would do that with the importunity of prayer. And that's what the Bible calls us to do. And you might say to me, well, ah, the Lord doesn't need to be bothered by me. No, wait a minute. He's the one who said to pray without ceasing. He is the very God who said to us, men ought always to pray and to faint not. He's the one who teaches us the importunity of prayer. You remember the judge with the widow in your New Testament, Luke chapter 18. The very next verses after where it says men ought always to pray and not faint. He gives the illustration of this lady coming before the judge and pressing him daily. God desires us to come to him with a vision to see him at work and to see what he can do. We need to consistently, persistently, diligently be people who pray. Luke chapter 18, verse 8 says, When the Son of Man cometh, 
Shall he find faith on the earth? I want that to sit in. Think about that. He just got done talking to us about the importunity of prayer in Luke chapter 18. He talks to us about the widow coming to the judge and pressing the judge and how that the judge goes ahead and complies. And Christ uses that as an illustration of how we need to pray and consistently have a vision for God's hand to be at work. And Jesus concludes that by simply saying to them, when the Son of Man comes back, will there be faith on earth? Now, where, every time I read that verse, I look at our generation. And I ask myself, will we be the generation who passes faith on to the next generation? Or, or is our generation going to be the generation that just cuts God off. There's a lot of people who just want to cut God off. There's a lot of people who want to take off your money in God we trust. There's a lot of people who would love to pull down every monument in Washington, D.C. that has a Bible verse on it or, or some reference to God and faith. Lots of people want to take God out of the Pledge of the Allegiance. They've already taken Pledge of Allegiance out of many places. But God has a remnant. In fact, he tells us in the scriptures. He says, I always have a remnant. And that remnant might be you and me and our fellow believers throughout the United States and around the world. Who no matter how mad the world goes, they stand up and say, I still believe. I still believe. I still believe in the Lord. Jesus asks a simple question. When he comes, will he still find faith upon the earth? He knows because he's God. He's not saying that because he's not sure. He already knows. He's saying that for you and I to meditate, to chew on, to contemplate. Because it brings a responsibility to us. That responsibility is to take care of the business that he has laid at our feet. He has asked us to be good stewards. And a steward is found faithful. That's what the scriptures teach us. He's called you and I to pick up the mantle of the prophet and to continue on. He's called you and I to go through the parting of the Red Sea and to come out the other side and set a monument and then to press on and do the service of God generation after generation. He's called you and I to do the business of the master. And it's up to us. He gives us a, a free will. He gives us that free will where we can say, no, not me, I'm, I'm altogether too busy. Or we say, here am I, Lord, so send me. Let's have a word of prayer. Then I think John has a little chorus for us as we depart. Father in heaven, I pray that you be with us as we get ready to go forth. Lord, I pray that you'd be with us this evening as we have our business meeting and then our, our divided class time tonight. I pray that you would help us as a church to be actively involved in spreading the gospel around the world. 
please give us wisdom as a church, energy, the right attitude, vision to do your work. In Christ's name I pray, amen. amen. To God be the glory, great things he has done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son. His life and atonement for sin and open the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory.